Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. And welcome to college basketball season here on VEASAN's Big Bets. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw here at South Point Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Amal, a great time was had on Saturday down there at Circa. We all went out, watched the games together. Shout out to uh, Rob Tatka and the guys over at Circa for taking care of us. Had a really good time. I, I You know, what was going on yesterday? Because I just I slept in. I had a, went for a jog. And I uh, had a picnic and uh, missed what anything go on yesterday. Yeah, there was some gravy handed out in stores yesterday when UConn played Butler. Also some gravy on Zeke under 33 and a oh, half yards. Wait, Zeke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was a football game yesterday, apparently, that went on. Uh, yeah. But by the way, very quickly, what was that number for store, in stores yesterday for UConn? 15 and a half. And uh, I don't know. I stopped watching when they were up by 30. I said, I don't think Butler's going to outscore him by 15. Well, that's the, the lead, that's the lead story of the day is what <laughs> happened in stores yesterday. We're going to have Ben Fox, of course, join us here at the bottom half this hour. He is our VCN VP of digital content. Talk about all the big bets he saw, some winners and some losers out there. Let's get right into the minutia, if you will. And that is uh, the, the games yesterday and, of course, over the weekend we're all set for the final four now in the NFL, the Bengals and Chiefs. We all saw that devastating injury to Patrick Mahomes. You, you feared for the worst. You hoped for the best. Patrick Mahomes, Daniel LaRusso, looks like he's going to fight. He's going to be out there. That number right now is Chiefs laying one against the Bengals. And that total right now, 47 and a half. You know, I was impressed with Jacksonville. We watched this game together. I, they were right there in it. They had two turnovers in the span of three plays that really flipped that second half. But now with the Chiefs coming in, just a point favorite over the Bengals. What'd you make of Mahomes saying, you saw him on the sidelines. I'm not coming out of this game. I'm going back in there. And he's arguing with Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. He's like, I'm going back out there. I don't know how he can be close to 100% in this title game, but he's going to play. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to need him. But I thought the most impressive drive of the game from, came from Chad Henney. 98 yards leads them down as the Jaguars pin the ball down at the two-yard line. So a great job by Henney in a relief role temporarily. But Mahomes is a difference maker. We know what a player he is, best player in the league, in my opinion. And when you look at him and what he can do for this team, it's, it changes the dynamic. However, with the high ankle sprain, it's going to tough. It's going to be tough to see him against that pass rush of Hendrickson and uh, Hubbard being able to really show mobility. Because even though we think of Josh Allen as a better runner, even Joe Burrow, a tremendous mobility, Mahomes is so lethal on third and five, third and six. Everything's covered up. He'll kind of tiptoe around the edge and get you a first down. And now, if that's not in play, that could be a serious factor for Kansas City's offense. Let's hear Patrick talking about his injury. And as, look, we just know 
some guys are built differently, and Patrick Mahomes seems like one of those guys. There was a couple throws here and there where I tried to plant up that foot, and it didn't let me kind of plant like I usually do. And so uh, a couple throws I didn't make, uh, I, I, t I told Coach I want to still throw it downfield, and so we were able to make some throws there after the first few drives, and I think he got a little confidence that I could protect myself. Um, and so uh, credit to our defense, man, holding us in that game, uh, especially uh, after the start of that second half when I wasn't able to get stuff going. So they held us in that game, made some big plays at the end, um, and we were able to score enough points to win. Love it. I mean, I know we're in a different day and age, and people are going to tell you on Twitter, you shouldn't play, you shouldn't do that. He wanted to be out there for his guys. He's out there for his guys. He's going to be out there on Sunday as well. You know, he talked about his defense. And, by the way, it was revenge of the unders. Yeah. All four unders cash tickets uh, across the spectrum here in the four games over the weekend. And maybe the surprise under came from the Bengals against the Bills yesterday in that I think people looked at the Bills and said they got the best offense. Not against Lou Emerald. I mean, Lou's defense in the Bengals absolutely punched Josh Allen and the Bills' offense in the face, and they had no answer. That was the one game over the weekend. Yes, the Eagles, too, against the Giants. Well, you went that first drive right down the field, 7 nothing. then they get the ball back 14 nothing. You're like, this game feels like it's over. It, it was over 14 nothing. I don't even know what happened in the second half. I didn't even watch it. You didn't I, need I, to. Well, no, because it, to me – when Cincinnati went down and then made it 17-7, to uh, seven, and Buffalo couldn't move the ball, and I know they punted from around midfield or yep. so, it just felt like they couldn't slow them down. Mixon was tremendous running the ball when they needed to, 20 for 105. Um, it, it just didn't seem like Buffalo had an answer. Every time Cincinnati needed to pick up a first down, they were able to do so. Buffalo couldn't capitalize in certain situations. And they look like they were completely outclassed. You know, we saw in the summer, and, and basically it's a reflection of what happened at the end of last year, that great game in Kansas City in the uh, divisional round a year ago where they didn't get the ball, they switched the overtime rules. And Josh Allen was instilled all summer long as the MVP favorite. That tells you in the betting market at least who they think the best quarterback is. I wonder if Joe Burrow will be the number one quarterback next year in the betting market when it's all said and done because they upset the apple cart with the way they went in, the way he's, he's beaten and, and they've beaten the chiefs head to head. And we got one more shot at that this now, but what I did think was funny is something we talked about last week. And I said here in the, on the program that I thought the NFL was secretly rooting for a bills chiefs, you know, AFC title game because they wanted to see with the ticket sales, they sold the 50,000 tickets on Friday. They asked Zach Taylor, about that and here's what zach had to say after the bengals dispatched the bills for the neutral site yeah, i mean yeah we we just we had our mindset to go play in kansas city and and uh it, it, it i it is it is tough because they're they have to formulate the plans for coin tosses and they got to formulate the plans for neutral site games and we just keep screwing it up for everybody and i hate that for for people that have to endure all those logistical issues and then uh, we just keep screwing it up so i'm sorry Oh, Zach Taylor, you're going up in my eyes. You're moving up the board when you show uh, you have a little fun and you poke some fun at Roger Goodell and the brass there in uh, in New York. I Look, it was the elephant in the room, right, that the league kind of set it up. And you understand they made decisions. We said here in the network, uh, I know we, I did for sure. I thought the only thing they didn't get right was that whole, as Zach Taylor was alluding to, and, he, and Zach was mad about it at the time. And they just said, fine, we'll go to Buffalo. We'll beat them 27-10. At least now, there is no question. There's no asterisk. There's no nothing. This is the way it should have played out. They were going to be, you know, the, the Chiefs would have gotten the one seed Correct. in this scenario. So there's there's no like, well, the game should have been Cincinnati. Now it's it's fair. Yep. Right? It feels like it's fair. But, look, they used that. They said it was motivation. We, we heard Joe Burrow with Tracy Wolfson on CBS afterward. And he said, well, I hope they get their refunds. I mean, it's stuck in their crawl a little bit what the league was trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. But it's easy to say after you win the game, right? No, how if you were that confident, you should have said it before the game. I, I <laughs> never buy it. You know, like, oh, it's extra motivation. So it's like you say, you can't give more than 100%. That's it. So if you're not motivated to begin with, then why are you playing in this scenario? But to me, give Cincinnati a ton of credit. They came in there. They dominated the game. It reminded me a little bit of that 07 Super Bowl. Remember when Plaxico Burroughs goes, uh, I think we're going to hold the Patriots to 17 points, and Brady goes, give us some credit. Yeah, he, he gave you too much credit. They held you to 14. But the reality of it is, when you look at the Cincinnati team, I thought the offense played well, but I thought the defense was really where they played extremely well. 
dominant performance in that one. And if you like the Bengals, I would bet it now. It's at minus 105 on the money line, minus 110 at plus a point. But I think by the time this thing kicks off with the ankle injury we saw from Holmes, I think the Bengals will probably go to a one-point favorite. I'm a little surprised that both games aren't close to a pick. And now at South Point, it has already gone to a pick. So that point's already gone there. Uh, and again, you see the money line. They're 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 picking up what you're putting down them all, and they're already switching that money line price to a minus a dollar ten. You know, the look ahead last week, what would have been in the NFC, uh, they had said the Niners would have been a one point favorite at Philadelphia. That is flipped now, right? After the Phillies, excuse me, the Eagles' dominant performance over the G-Men on Saturday game we watched together, where that was just embarrassing. Uh, if you're a, a Giants backer, there, great season, awful end to it. And then the way the Cowboys were at least on par for the majority of the day yesterday with San Francisco, that number is now Eagles two and a half. That's that's a rather significant jump. If, well, if, from from being theoretically Niners being a one point favorite to be a two and a half point underdog, that's a three and a half point swing. It is, but I think it's a little bit blown over out of proportion when you look at numbers at that situation, right? You go from one to plus. I mean, to me, how many games are actually where the team wins by one point? You know, it's not that big of a deal on the one to uh, minus one to plus one to, to me. I, I really thought this line was going to be Philly minus three. Uh, I think people forgot how dominant Philly had been during the regular season. You know, I, I see on ESPN today they're giving Brock Purdy a ton of credit. You know, third rookie quarterback Flacco and Mark Sanchez to lead his team to a conference championship game, winning two playoff games. It's all great. Everything is great. Let me tell you something. That was one of the best playoff games I've seen in a while. I know a lot of people want scoring. I thought that was a tremendous game. Yep. Easily the best game of the postseason, in my opinion, the best game of the entire season. However, the difference in that game was Purdy made a couple of throws. He's better than Garoppolo. I've been saying it all along. Jimmy Garoppolo, you want him, he's a loser. But let me tell you who's a real loser, and that is Dak Prescott. And if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, and if you're not asking for the Cowboys to make a move at quarterback, you will never win with this loser. Let me tell you something. This guy sucks. There's no other way to put it. Two picks in a game where they needed one drive. That's all they needed. He can't deliver. There was a reason why he was a third-round pick at Mississippi State. There's a reason why he played in Stark Vegas, because he wasn't good enough to play in Tuscaloosa or Athens or Columbus or, or Los Angeles. This guy is flat-out a loser. And if you could spell it, Dak, maybe you should tell Jerry, if you want to win a ring in Dallas for this team, trade me, because you're never gonna, ever going to win with me as quarterback. Fourth-round pick out of Mississippi State. I'm sorry. I, again, I'm a loser because I gave him too much credit. <laughs> Dak did not uh, have his best game. Uh, the bottom line for me is that I'll, I'll take that bet 10 out of 10 times yesterday, getting the four points and on the money line. They were as good as the Niners for the majority of that game. They come up short. And really, there was a three-play sequence that determined the outcome of the game. It's 6-6, 90 seconds to go before halftime, and they've got about a 44-yard field goal try they could try with Brent Maher on fourth and five. And because of Maher's struggles, Mike McCarthy decides to go for it. They get the first down. Dak uses his legs and gets it. The next play is a dump off to Tony Pollard, and he fractures his leg. That's where the game was lost. And then the next play after that, Dak throws a pick. And then in the second half, that now gets flipped from at least a 96 lead at halftime to a 96 deficit in the second half. Two field goals from Maher. That's your whole scoring for the Cowboys. And that's all she wrote. And Dak was not able to elevate the Cowboys in the second half when he needed to put that team on his back. C.D. Lamb played great. The defense played great. I have no questions about Mike McCarthy, any of that stuff. But Dak's got to be better if they're going to win that game in the future. Kelly, I know we're supposed to go to Holder Fire next, but let me tell you something. Every once in a while, you see a guy in a wheelchair. You got to push him down the hill. We're going to do that when we come back. I got to rebut this uh, this thing on Tony Pollard here. Cowboys okay. win the game if Pollard doesn't go out. Come on back. It's Big Bets here on Visa. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's biggest games, one of the VSIN experts have you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VSIN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where experts break down brackets. Best bets in all the big game props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for just $9.99. That's V-S-I-N slash subscribe. Back alongside of all Shaw, Dave Ross here. We roll on this Monday edition of Big Bets. We'll get to hold or fire in those two championship games here. But it is interesting to me all the, you know, this is what's going to be for the next couple days, social media and all the, um, you know, four-letter networks out there. Mike McCarthy, we got we got to fire Mike, and what we did here, I do believe we have some sound from Jerry Jones uh, after the game talking about this loss and whether or not it would impact Mike McCarthy's future. Because really, people can say whatever they want, we can say whatever we want. All that matters is one man's opinion, and that man's opinion is Jerry Jones. No, 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 and. Um, uh, their decision to, uh, for our kicker was exonerated with his uh, field goal in my mind, and I'm proud for him. Uh, but uh, this is uh, this is very sickening to not win tonight. Very sickening to not win tonight yesterday in uh, against San Francisco there, and I get it. You know, this is what people do, and when it's the Cowboys, like. Nobody's going to say Sean McDermott should be fired for being thoroughly outcoached yesterday by Zach Taylor and his staff, and nor should they. But because it's the Cowboys, because it's Mike McCarthy, because it's Jerry Jones, and they live in the spotlight, and that's that's what people are going to talk about. They're going to talk about Mike McCarthy. If you watch the game, that coaching staff was ready and prepared. You brought up Dakota Prescott. He might have been the guy that uh, was not as prepared, but I'm not putting that anywhere near that coaching staff. I didn't even think about it one iota. And trust me, there's not too many people that are more anti-Mike McCarthy than me. I thought the one play that was crucial in this game, second down and goal at the six or seven yard line, they ran Zeke. Yep. And I thought that was a bad play call because even with Zeke, you weren't going to get into the end zone. Uh, He is not, look, he's a great short yardage back now. He is who he is. I think it's time for Dallas to either restructure his contract or move on from him or accept his role as basically what's a, a fullback and short yardage specialist. Uh, overall, I thought this was a fantastic game. I thought both teams were extremely well coached. The defenses were outstanding. To me, though, again, I go back to Prescott. Look, 
I said this about San Francisco. When they played Kansas City, Jimmy Garoppolo, to me, was the difference in terms of deficiency. That's why they couldn't win. They've got an improvement at Brock Purdy, his mobility. He made the throws when he needed to. George Kittle made some fantastic plays. But I look at it and say the difference in this one is uh, Brock Purdy's mobility at times for San Francisco. Not in this particular game, but overall throughout the run that they've had. Uh, this Dallas team, defensively, they were outstanding. When was the last time you saw somebody shut down McCaffrey and, of course, uh, Debo Samuel. Samuel? He was non-existent it in this Debo game. Debo out of the game. Absolutely. That hit by Wilson and Debo, oh, uh, like about eight, nine yards down the field, one of the hardest collisions I've seen down the field that wasn't on a pass. It, w- it was just a tremendous game. And if you're the Dallas Cowboys defense, you go, we held this team to 19 points. You think you're walking out of there with a W. Dallas's failure to capitalize when they got the ball at the 21-yard line off the fumble on the yep. punt, mm-hmm. that was crucial to have only one touchdown in this game. To me, uh, I I disagree with you on the Tony Pollard injury. Yes, it was an impact. No question about it. However, the problem was for Dallas, they couldn't in the third and fourth quarter, they couldn't get stops. San Francisco's physicality was the difference in the game. They ran the ball. They moved the ball right down Dallas's throat at a crucial time. And then who got the personal foul penalty for Dallas? Uh, oh, the, yeah, that was with the hit out of bounds. Was that Wilson? No, it wasn't Wilson. Uh, that was Bland, our Bland, rookie. Bland, it was Bland. That's uh, but, right. But you Bland. know what? It was like he's he's spinning a guy out of bounds. You know, it, the, those calls, like, that's what's called. You can't 20. suplex the guy. That it's, was too obvious. It was too stupid. In a game of this magnitude, those plays are the difference. That 15 yards, think about it, the NFL field, right? You start at the uh, 25 after a kickoff. Yep. You're giving up 20% of the field on a 15-yard penalty. Yeah, but to me, that that's not gonna that's not one that I'm too worried about today. The one I was worried about was on the only – remember, the Niners had one touchdown drive. That's it. And on that touchdown drive, they had an offsides to start uh, for Tank Lawrence, and they were pinned down to the nine. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's how that drive started. Then they get a first down. Then the Kittle play happens, which he probably catches if you do one of those sports science things about 3% of the time. And somehow the ball bounced twice and stays in his hands. And Diggs can't, can't get over there. It could be a pick six if the ball bounds another half inch the other way. So that's fluky. But that happens, right? So, you know, you get lucky there. And then on the third down play, the Cowboys actually sacked Brock Purdy on third and long. And they call defensive holding on Donovan Wilson against Kittle in an issue that was away from the play, had no bearing on the play. Brock Purdy was not throwing that football. But again, we live in a different world. They're going to call that. I get it. So there were a number of events on their one touchdown drive that led to their touchdown. So I'm not going to really get on the defense that much. They played their, their guts out yesterday. I thought they were the best unit on the field for the majority of the game. Again, it goes back to Pollard's injury. And everything changes there because what people forget is where was Powered on the play that he got hurt? They line up Tony as another wideout because Michael Gallup has not been the same guy coming off his ACL. They've had a lot of injuries at receiver. C.D. Lamb was a beast, but the Powered injury changed everything going forward, and that stems from the Brett Maher not being confident to go out there and kick that field goal on the fourth down play. Mike McCarthy in a 6-6 game, the way his defense is playing with 90 seconds to go in normal circumstances, chooses to kick that 1,000% of the time. But because Maher struggles, that led to, to them going for it, getting it, then the injury happens, then the domino effect of the INT happens on the next play. So, look, it's a game of inches. It really is. But to think the Cowboys are far away, again, I'll take those four points, and I'll take them on the money line in a game like that, and I'll bet it 10 out of 10 times. I don't think that that was the wrong side. But injuries happen in the game. Those are going to be hard to predict and certainly hard to handicap. I hear what you're saying about the injury, but Pollard had two catches for 11 yards, six rushes for 22 yards, a long of 10. Take with a long. I always, anybody's statistical yardage, I always throw out the longest rush and the shortest one, right? And just look at it. So he's got five carries for 12 yards. Where was the difference that Tony Pollard was making against his 49er defense? Here, the bottom line is. Wait, wait, how many how many total yards did he have before the? Uh, 33 per- total yards. 33 total yards? Yes. And the receiving? Yes, on eight touches. So you're saying combined how many rushes? He had what? Five for six for 22. Six for 22. Okay. And, you know, it's only two minutes to go before halftime. So he's going to, you know, at least he gets to 80 or 75 or whatever. This is the number one rush defense in the league. So you knew Zeke wasn't, it was not going to be a Zeke game. So I'll take that. If he got 60 yards rushing against the number one defense in the league, that D'Amico Ryan said their number one game plan was to stop 20. So when you, when 20 is removed from the game, you don't have to worry about stopping them anymore. Hold on, Andrew fast out before you do some more accounting for Enron here. Let me correct you on one thing. 33 doubled up to 66. He had 22 yards on six carries. He had a long of 10. 
Take that I'm not taking out the no, – I'm, I'm taking I'm what he did, not I, taking I out. I understand. I'm doubling it up. So I'm giving him credit for 66. Sure. I'm not giving him 80. I'm not okay. rounding up here. Fine. I, maybe uh, he's going to do a little bit better but, in the second half. But what I'm saying to you maybe is – Maybe when they get tired. They haven't gotten tired all year. They've beaten <laughs> the crap out of everybody. This is the, only the eighth, the ninth game out of You'll 12. You'll never know. I do know. They lost. I, I know they lost. You don't That's know what I Tony know. Pollard would do in the second half. Let me tell you something. If Tony Pollard is as good as you're describing him to be – He is. He's a top five back in the league as a number one back. All right, listen, I can't, I can't sit here and engage with people that are high on drugs, okay? I, this is ridiculous. He's, a, he's the, the number there, one there were, key to the There were offense. two players on that field that were better running backs than him, Elijah Mitchell and Christian, and Christian oh, McCaffrey. Wow. Okay, you can take Elijah Mitchell if you want. I'll take Tony Pollard. When it, when it was coming time to stop the run, Elijah said, give me the ball, and I'm going to run it right down your throat. Oh, and he did. Be better for, yeah. Rand, what, what, right, for that bounds, field goal, but, yeah. big field goal drives. With Elijah Mitchell. The one touchdown drive was the George Kittle. That's Hello, the big play. you play to win the game. So they ran it right down the throats for those field goals. That was impressive. I'll when when they knew they were running the ball, they couldn't stop it. Oh, you're game. right. Those four field goals were really impressive by those Niners. Cowboys couldn't stop them. Hey, is Dallas playing next weekend? Because I haven't nope. seen the schedule. No, nah, they, they are not. They uh, look. This team, the Niners, the Niners' defense is incredible. <laughs> I think that the I think that the loss of Pollard made it even more obvious how how slim of dynamic options this team has on offense. Um, because you're facing such a good defense, that's why you saw them feeding Ceedee Lamb over was and over was and awesome. over again, and actually was productive doing it when the Niners had to have known they were going to him every time. That's it because they don't have anybody else. I, I mean, Dalton Gallup, is, Gallup is still banged up. You're right; it, yeah, it is not the not, same guy no, that not. we've seen before in the past. Um, and by the end of the day, this all comes back to Dakota. I, I, it's, I mean, yep. Prescott makes some throws. I mean, we could go to fast forward to the very end of the game. He's got a, he's got a wide open Michael Gallup. He puts that on him. This game might be different. The Cowboys might actually be sitting here heading into the next round. But I also think I'll, go, I'll also go McCarthy in the third quarter. How much pressure do you expect your defense to continue to play under? I, I, I think it is what unfair. You, what are you referring and to? The spot I'm referring to. I know exactly. Is that you're fourth to. and five when yep. they took the they took the penalty and decided to punt it, and they really when didn't in, the, in a nine nine yeah. game. Yep. You need to go for I, I in my mind you got to go for it. No there. way because if you don't make it, yeah, you've got you got such a, a short, short field. field. And the way your defense is playing, to me you got to punt the ball there. I thought that was a simple decision in the way the game had played out. I wasn't worried about the Niners going the distance on you at that point in time. I actually was with Kelly on that. I would have gone for it there in the 9-9 game. They just got big momentum on a CD Lamb play over the top, but they did pin them deep and yeah. that started the all those penalties in the one drive and some of the questionable calls. But that's life in the big leagues, and the Cowboys going home, Niners moving on. Come on back. Big bets here on Visa. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of Eastern Big Bets is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. This is a simpler way to enjoy nicotine satisfaction and lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that will help millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I'm sure there's been times in your life when you needed to make a change, but you weren't to make that change, and you just weren't ready yet. There's a lot of smokers and dippers out there that I'm sure can relate. Zen understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is just a a bit different everyone is on their own journey so whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change zen will be there for you with the right strength the right flavor at the right time if you're thinking about making a change and want to learn more today check out zen nicotine pouches at zen.com that's cyn.com this product does contain nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical Rolling on this edition of Big Bets with the Mall Shaw Dave Ross here at South Point Casino and Hotel before we get to hold our fire in the NFL you have a new guy on your list of guys or women in the betting world that you go, how in the world did I not cash said ticket? Yeah, Holger Runer last night in the Australian Open. He's on the hit list. Jamario O'Neal will always be number one on that list. Jamario O'Neal is a former cornerback at Ohio State. Okay. 2006 Ohio State-Michigan game, fourth down and ten. Uh, Buckheiser Lane, seven and a half in the game. The score is 42-31. Uh, uh, Henny airmails Braylon Edwards, thinking the game's over. And instead, uh, nope, pass interference or defensive holding. I don't remember the exact oh. call. And uh, he's number one on the list. But Holger Runer has now moved in. He was serving for the match last night against Rublev up 5-3. Has two break points, on, and which were match point on Rublev's serve. Up 5-0 in the super tiebreaker, which is to 10 points in a fifth set deciding set. 
uh, then up 7-2, or sorry, 6-2, um, then 7-4. So in a regular tiebreak, he's already won 7-4. I didn't think about it that way, Dave, but that's good revenge by you, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is good revenge, yes. I would agree with you. Um, but the but, super tiebreak, hey, you got to get to 10. Dave, you're doing a great job making him feel better about this, right? <laughs> well, Dave, Dave deserves to get me back for going off on his Cowboys in the that's last right. segment. But uh, um, those bets are stinging too, then, by the way. And, and then I'll tell you what else is annoying me this morning. Trajan Jeffcoat uh, from Missouri, tremendous all-defensive lineman uh, from Missouri, transferring to Arkansas. We saw Jermaine Burton transfer from Georgia to Alabama. Dude. You can't be transferring to your rivals. Mm. Like, you cannot be going from misery to Arkansas. You can't be going from the dogs to Alabama. By the way, that's the one reason I am happy that Georgia won it all. Jermaine Burton's like, I'm going to go play with Bryce Young. Didn't have a particularly great year. And we see uh, all Stetson Bennett and company did was win the national title. Sometimes the the greener pastures are not greener on the other 90% side. 90% of the time, they generally aren't, right? <laughs> so the, that, by the way, is, I mean, I cannot believe five love in the super tie break, up two points. And remember, I, I'll never forget Roger Federer at Wimbledon, two match points on his serve against Novak Djokovic, and I've got tickets on Fed, and our Fed couldn't get it done. The percentage of winning that wager with double match point with the greatest server in the history of Wimbledon, what do you think that percentage is? It's very high. I will only disagree with the greatest server See, in the history Pete of Wimbledon. Sampras. You got it. You think yeah, Sampras? Pete, the, Pete, Pete didn't even try once he broke serve. He's like, this thing's over. You know, that's that's such an interesting historical one. If you took our Fed at his powers and Pete Sampras at his powers and put him on the grass at the All England Club, who wins? Who's favored? Roger. Because Roger Roger's game was so complete. So he beats Pete. Ro- Roger's, look, Novak's going to go down as the greatest of all time. Rafa's the greatest competitor, greatest clay court player of all time. But to me, talent and everything, and you said you had to win one match, unless it's against Rafa because mentally yeah. Roger's beaten before he steps on the court. Um, to me, Roger's – look, you're splitting hairs, yeah. right? You, you know, it's, it's not, On that surface, yeah. those are the two best we've ever seen yeah. at the history of the All-England Club. Very quickly, on that point of the Australian Open point, mm-hmm. and we talked about it a lot last week. We saw the numbers on Novak, and you could have got plus money, I believe, on Friday yep. after the hip injury, the news of the hip injury. I think it was like plus $1.20. He's still out there gutting it out, and now with the you know men falling and the top two seeds are already out, and Medvedev and Nadal, his number now is around two to one. Is that still a good price? Because there's our guy Stefanos hanging in there at plus three fifty, and then it gets to longer shots at quarter. Are you surprised that uh, Zizipas is the second betting favorite, and then the demarcation line to quarter at nine to one. I'm not just simply looking at overall his uh, career accomplishments and achievements compared to everybody else there, but it's going to be Novak's to lose um, when you look at it. But I'll tell you what, the one guy I think that's dangerous is not Sitsipas. I think it's Sebastian Corda, the young American, mm. nine to one. He's got a game where he could put some pressure on Novak. Should have beaten him in a tune-up tournament. I think that one was in Adelaide. Yep, um, had an opportunity, didn't get it done. Rublev was fortunate enough to get through last night. Hol- uh, Holger Runer blowing that match last night. Uh, Hatchinoff takes on Korda today. And then Tommy Paul, nice showing by the Americans. Tommy Paul, Ben Shelton, the young player out of the University of Florida. I th- it's kind of hard to go back to college when you've just made half a million dollars in about two <laughs> weeks. So I, I think his dorm room is going to be fairly vacant in the University of Florida, and the tennis team is going to lose a player there. But um, He's still he- on the team? How old is this guy? He's 20 or 19 or 20. He won the Jeez. national championship last year. Whoa. Yeah. So you're still – wow, that, I, I'd actually like to go back to college with all that kind well, of money. Speaking of – like That's a, fair. Yeah, that's you, can get, yeah. you get like a Josh Rosen hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's going to be the highlight of Josh Rosen's that career. Really the best was. thing ever. <laughs> I'm like, hitting on what you guys uh, hit on during the break, uh, I, I will not be rooting for him. University of Florida? Nope. I, I tend to agree nope. with you there. I don't care if you're American or not. Well, I nope. was mad J.J. Wolf last night. It was a Buckeye <laughs> against a Gator, and once again, the Buckeyes lose just like in 07. They lost twice. Um, is it is it really <clears throat> just, though, in your eyes, Joker and Corda, or is Zizipas a play at plus 350? You just don't like that number. I, I think the number's a little bit short, but I think that It'll be tough on this surface. Novak's going for number 10. Look, the only way you're beating Novak is if his health is a concern. Right. Corda's capable of beating a healthy Novak. Whoa. Sitsipas on this surface is not capable of – this is not Sitsipas' best surface. Clay is. Right. And Sebastian Corda, he can do it all. He's got. He's going to eventually have to improve his – Corda and then Ben Shelton in a couple of years. They're going to be the Americans' best chance to win a Grand Slam. Ben Shelton's a lefty. He's got a monster serve. Better so, than a Andy Roddick at his uh, mm, height? 
you know, that's like me sitting there saying DeMar DeRozan's a great player. Is he better than Jordan? Come on, buddy. Andy Roddick is like John Isner, Roger Federer, Pete Sampras serving. Andy Roddick would have like five to six majors if a guy named Roger Federer didn't exist. Okay. I just listen. I, listen, Kelly. Don't take it personally. I'm still mad about Holger Rooner last night. This guy's coming at me with Tony Pollard. This is I not just, a good. It's I'm like 12 degrees outside with a wind chill of like minus hey. 200. Listen, everything is going wrong today. Okay. At least you didn't lock freezing. yourself out of your apartment like I did yesterday before the Bills and Bengals game did. I, oh no. I literally had to wait for a locksmith to come. Then you got you, you got to pay a C note on a Sunday just to get back into your apartment. How do you how do you lock yourself I out? I was just gonna ask the same it's, question. It's Maybe simple. save it for off air, but yeah. No, no, it's very simple. <laughs> All you do is like me, you, you have your keys, but then you can lock it from the inside. Oh, shut got it. it, got it. And then I went, oh, keys. Oh, my. right inside I, on a Sunday. We, we were at an Ohio State Penn State game. And I was getting ready to close the door. And a friend of mine, he has this habit. It was a great habit that I've kind of developed throughout the rest of my life. First thing would be like, check for the keys immediately before you shut any of the doors or lock them. And State College, my God, it's, it's hard enough getting water, let alone a locksmith out there. Um, well, that's hysterical <laughs> because I call it the big three. No, not Aikman, Irvin, and Emmett Smith. The big three are your wallet, your keys, uh, and your phone. If you've got to have those big three before you leave the day, leave your house every single day. And then I really – I immediately realize I got two of the big three. The The wallet is 50-50 with me. Oh, really? I have, I have everything on my phone. I'm like, I don't oh. I don't need, you know, you got Apple Pay. I got a copy of my driver's license. I'm like, everything's there. You're betting apps. Yeah, yeah, yeah everything. You're good to go. I'm like, the phone, God forbid my house caught on fire. I can tell you right now, I'd have my phone in hand. It's 316 in the morning. I, I would know exactly what time of day it is. And you know what my first thought was? What's One, it? I'm going to miss the beginning of the game, waiting for this guy to show up. And two, I have my coffee pot is, is on Ooh. on Sunday morning. That's the reason Didn't I stopped drinking down. coffee. Everything's good. We get in there a little bit late. I do want to get back to the Australian Open on the women's side here because, again, I think you've identified Joker still is playable at 2-1 to one and maybe a stab at Sebastian Court at 9-1. to one. On the women's side here, and I look at it now, and, and great call by you on, on Tech that she would not be bettable. And you mentioned that before the draw even came out a week ago. The numbers just weren't good enough on the favorite. She's gone. So now you look at Sabalinka. She's the shortest favorite on the board. Uh, at uh, plus 210, what do you make of her betting odds? And I know you like Jessica Pakula at 3-1. to one. Well, I'll tell you what, a name that you, you kind of glossed over there that's a, a, right now the second betting favorite tied with Pagula at 3-1, to one. Elena Rybakina. She takes on Ostapenko today. I think she'll take care of business. She has been dominant. She crushed Swiatek in straight sets. Look, here's the thing. If you follow tennis closely, Swiatek is not the level of Serena Williams' prime. Steffi Graf, Monica Sellis. There's no way she should have been a two-to-one favorite. Right. You look at these hitters. All these people outside of Pagula, everybody else that's left in their five of the top six, they've got tremendous power. Sabalenka, Ribikina, Pliskova, Ostapenko. Vekic, not as much as the other four mentioned names, but still good enough power on her serve to present some problems. Azarenka's a two-time champion down here, I yeah. think 2012 and 2013. Magda Lynette takes out Caroline Garcia, who was serving for the first set up 5-4 and then loses in the breaker. And then the one problem in tennis is, holy cow, these players mentally, the weaknesses, as soon as they lose, I mean, you see these players, you're expecting them to get bageled. They're so weak mentally. <laughs> so it is a changing board there. Maybe the best American hope still left is Pagula there on the board at 3-1. to one. Amal, great breaking down that Australian. Nobody does it better than you, sir. When we come back, let's talk a little NFL and what we've got for the final four next here on Big Bets. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Football fans with conference championships this weekend, it is time to check out Bet Rivers. You can win up to $10,000 in bonus money instantly by playing our exclusive Bet Rivers squares this football season. Place a $10 wager or more in qualifying bets, and you get a square in the house. If the numbers on your square match the final score of the game, you win restrictions on qualifying offers, eligibility bonuses, and credit use. Full terms and conditions available at BetRiversSquares.com. I'm all you a squares guy. Would you play those squares? And you, you hope you get what the seven and the three used to be the square you wanted back in the day. But now I don't know what the right number to get is. I'll be honest with you. I have never in my entire life played the square. I didn't even ever. know what ever. Not one time. I didn't even know what it was until like a year or two ago. You know, by the way, they said the 19 to 12 final score yesterday is the first 19 to 12 final score in the history of the postseason. I was going to say the postseason because I there do. You, you remember the Steelers Chargers game? That was the first Steelers Chargers. Give me a year. The regular season. I don't know. Two, oh, okay. It, it was um, it was like 18 to 11 or something. And it was because Palomalu had a safety on the last play of the game. It was it was a big oh, thing from wait. betting. Actually, maybe I do. I was about to make fun of you for just bringing up a Steelers-Chargers game in unknown year. But now you bring up this Palomalu safety, I actually am remembering this. Safety or a touchdown or something like that. It was 11-10, and then the touchdown oh. made it like uh, something like that. 11-10 was the final score, I think. Not that I'm still recalling that Dolphins 11-6 win a couple weeks ago against the Jets. Yeah, safety but, but, in the last play of the game. But <clears throat> I, I have to push back with one thing. In today's day and age, anytime a team is starting a drive inside, yeah, say the opponent's five yard line, as long as they're at the, uh, you're at the opponent's five yard line. There's 95 yards of field to go backwards. Right. We saw that. From, we saw that from the Patriots. Well, right. Like, hey, we're gonna whip the ball to Mac Jones. You got a chance. I I expect nowadays expect the unexpected. Well, in the last game uh, play of the game yesterday, of course, they tried Ezekiel Elliott center. <laughs> you, like you were waiting. Like if you had Cowboy teasers. That was great. That could have been a teaser buster in a second. It, if it, that play goes like one bad pitch and all of a sudden yeah, a seven-point game point. would have gotten to 14, the teaser number for Cowboy backers out there, 11, 10 and a half, whatever the number you might have gotten at. Uh, no, you, br- you bring up a really good point there, but I think we're also used to some of these I have a friend of mine, to his credit, it's not true, but it, it just it, – we'll be watching a college basketball game, and they're up by like 19 – and he's, he's like, I got to see the clock. I got to make sure it's true. And so, so one of our friends goes, why? You're up by 19. You're laying two. Because what if the team goes crazy and they go Bobby Knight, they start throwing chairs, they call 10 technical Seven fouls. Technicals. Yeah, exactly. They make the free throws. He goes, I lose the bet. You know, so from that it, standpoint. It will happen. Crazier things have happened, right? So it's like it's never over till it's over. I was waiting to see if that was going to get really interesting in that last play of the game. Fortunately, if you're a Cowboy backer and you had that tease, that's 
probably the way you want it to end. They're not scoring. Like, everybody's talking about that play on social media. And I'm like, they, they weren't scoring on that play. They had to go, what, 80 yards? It's your last desperation. It, it, it would yeah, be very it's... difficult. However, let me ask you guys this question real quick. Let's say they somehow manage to score. Let's say they go Miami Hurricanes against Duke on that kickoff return yep. uh, with, like, about a minute play and everything. Go for two. Yes, don't you have to go? That's my question. You have to go for two there, right? Yeah, because, again, mentally, well, Brett Maher had made two field goals in the second half, but I'm with you. I kind of feel like if you had scored on a, you know, a 1% chance of scoring on that play, you're kind of playing with house money anyway at that stage, and I think you just go for the win and get out of Dodge. And without your best offensive player in Tony Pollard, I think you don't want to extend the game anymore. So, yeah, that would have made sense. And I know a lot of people before that last drive – uh, before the two-minute warning, they were saying the same thing. Like, if the Cowboys get down here and score, you got to go for two in the win. I think they would have done it. They would have tried. Yeah, you really think would, so? Yep. They would have. I think well, so. Well, you had to have. You're talking about the drive before the two-minute warning. Yep. Why do you guys think that? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I, oh I thought we were talking at the end. Oh, no. I, I think if they had scored uh, the drive before the two-minute warning, because, again, theoretically, if they had they, they went three and out and punted, right, with just over a couple, uh, couple seconds yeah. before the two-minute yeah. warning – Theoretically, in my mind, that's going to take a while to get down there and score. There's not going to be a lot of time on the clock. I think you're going for the win right there and hoping that Robbie Gold doesn't get a chance to, to kick another field. That would have been a fascinating scenario. Right? I, 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 don't think it's a, I, I absolutely on that final drive, if you somehow score, yeah, I think yeah, you're yeah, going yeah, exactly. for two. You're, I, I don't know about that other one because it's tough to if you don't – you know, if you, if you don't make it, you're only up two, right? Yeah, you're sitting there hoping and praying. I don't know. That would have been interesting to see that one play out. I would have liked to have seen how that played out. By the way, Dalton Schultz on that last drive with 40 seconds to go in regulation, two awful plays that if he just runs forward and runs out of bounds, they're going to get three more plays. That's a three-play killer right there. And then just the nonchalant not getting the foot down, at least the Cowboys would have had a Hail Mary attempt. I would agree with you on both fronts, but the one thing that I would do if I were a coach, and I don't think enough coaches do this because I don't think they do it themselves, every team and every player, they should have a mandatory go over the rule book scenario. And let's start with the kickoff perfect example, okay? If you are standing out of bounds, and this rule needs to be changed actually, and if you grab the football, it's considered out of bounds on the kickoff, mm-hmm. right? So now you get the ball at the 40-yard line. To me, any ball that's coming near that, you should be able, you should do that on those situations. Certain other rules, not rules, but certain things like there's nuances to the game that I see these guys mix, miss that are so obvious to me. Let's say you score a touchdown and I get called for a roughing the passer penalty, add it on to the end of the play, you're kicking off from the 50. That should be an auto onsides kick mm. because at most – you're gaining 15 to 20 yards on me. Let's say you put in the end zone, the ball starting at the 25. If I kick the, the needed 10 yards and the ball lands at 37 or 38, I got a chance to get another possession. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that every single time? They try the pooch a lot, and that's the Yeah, okay, like, so I gained mm. some yardage. But you know what? With the way the games are played today, teams can move the ball so efficiently. Absolutely. I would try an onside kick. I know that the likelihood of recovering is very slim, but imagine in a game where it's tight, you have an opportunity those little things, I think there's I so many situations I, where I don't see teams well-versed. Like, Dalton Schultz has to know, yes, oh, catch the ball, get out of bounds. Look, he's got enough time. See, one of the things that teams make a mistake of, four seconds, three seconds, and two seconds are all the same. You go out of bounds at four, you go out of bounds at three, you go out of two, it's the same. We're one. Right. You, you're running one final play. That's it. That's I, right. I have a hard – it's one of those rules – or not rules, but just the way the game is played, I have a hard time with. Of It's so subjective of what your forward progress was and when yes. you go out of bounds, right? It's one I struggle with, but it's important – those are the kind of rules, right, that people need to be versed on the most, that Absolutely. players need to be versed on the most. Yeah, so I, I'm with, it, it was, you broke it down well, Dave. It was it was two plays by him at the oh, end man. where it's just, you need to be more attentive to detail. And I think another another one, a great example that about what you're talking about right now, Ball, is and Greg Olson did a great job of yes. this on the broadcast. he was fantastic. When yep. they're at the end of the half, when they're driving, San Francisco's driving, they're kicking that field goal. Uh, so he's talking about the clock running, mm-hmm. and when that hits zero is not when the ball Correct. when the ball lands. I don't even know if I was fully aware of that. But what you see happens is Purdy throws that ball away, and a very aware assistant coach on the sideline snatches it out of the air. Well, and then that clock stops at one second. I understand why Kelly didn't know the clock thing, because when Florida State was good, Kelly was barely in diapers. And no, they, so, the clock didn't matter to score. So they, every <laughs> other pass now has been incomplete for the last two decades, minus 2013. So, you know, they're not worried about the clock there. I couldn't believe that, that Purdy, that play almost cost them a huge three I, points. I couldn't believe 
that he actually – I'm telling you right now, I was saying to myself – because I was He's scrambling for, around. I was there. rooting for your Cowboys. I would have had zero rooting interest in the game if not for you. So I was pulling for the Cowboys. I was like, dude, just step forward. Just step forward. And then <laughs> throw it. I'm like, this guy's going to kill the clock. It's going to be the worst play ever. But you know what? Remember we talked about it on the Mississippi State-Illinois game. Yeah. And then the Illini um, moved the ball 40 yards. It's, I'm telling you, some of these coaches are so stupid. I don't even know how they qualify for a driver's license. It, it is it is amazing. It worked out. They got lucky. They got the extra second. Robbie Gold drills it good as gold, 50-yard field goal. And that really flipped the game there from the Cowboys going up at halftime to the Niners having that halftime lead. Uh, let's get to Premier League. I do believe very quickly yeah. here in, the, in a couple minutes that we have uh, in this segment here, Amal, because I do want to pick your brain a little bit on some of the action today. And I know we got to Fulham against Tottenham. And, and I think that one is going to get ready to go. Uh, yeah, about, about 15 seven. minutes. Yeah, getting close here uh, to getting on the pitch there. What, what are your thoughts on that one? It's going to be a tough matchup here. Uh, Fulham's played well. They're at Craven Cottage today. They've won four out of their last five. Tottenham has struggled a little bit of late, having lost three out of five. Should be a really good matchup. When you look at the table right now, uh, Tottenham sitting at fifth at 33 points. Still an opportunity to move up into that fourth spot to get into the Champions League. Uh, so we'll see what happens right now. They're six points behind Man United, who um, – Really missed an opportunity to get a point against Arsenal yesterday. Arsenal scoring in the, I, I want to say, the 89th or 90th minute yesterday. Terrific matchup between those two. Fulham really having a great season, but they've got an opportunity to win. If a win here, they win today. They got a chance to move up, uh, get into a fifth spot here, get into 34 points. So good matchup here coming up in about six minutes between um, Fulham and Tottenham here. Very quickly, when you look at the demarcation line here to win mm-hmm. going forward, yeah. Arsenal minus $1.50. Man City plus a dollar twenty-five, and then Man United fifty to one. I mean, it feels like they're saying this is a two-horse race, and everybody else is is looking for for uh, for, for place or shelf. It's correct, and I'll tell you right now, Wednesday, the fifteenth of February is going to be the game. Uh, Manchester City is going to be uh, taking on Arsenal. When you look at it, I mean, it, it's going to be tough in in that situation for them. When you've got to go into the Emirates, we'll see if they can get it done. That's pretty much, in my opinion, that match is going to determine the winner of the Premier League. All right, so starting to heat up there, certainly for Arsenal and Manchester City. When we come back, we will get into those final four in the NFL. Hour number two, straight ahead here on Big Bets on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.